greet you in Jesus' name this morning. It's good to be here. I had one more announcement that I missed last Sunday, but I wanted to make it instead of delay. To the newly married, newly wed couples here in our church, I want to express my deep appreciation for your cooperation over your wedding time. There, there, and there. That means so much to me. Thank you again. Turn with me in your Bibles to First John four. recently with the blessing of brotherhood uh, being diagnosed with a serious illness I end up with loads and loads of questionnaires from Mayo Clinic and I find those questionnaires extremely interesting um, I find the percentages of the subjects very, very interesting. And it has deeply moved me to be able to fill out those questionnaires. I find it ironic that they have about maybe five questions on your physical condition does this happen, does this happen are you experiencing this, experiencing that whatever and then you have about uh, that constitutes about one third of the questionnaire and about two thirds of the questionnaire is about how you're feeling about this so do you feel hopeless do you feel alone do you um um like is the do you have family support? Do you have uh, friend support? Do you have someone that you can go to and talk about your feelings? Do you have and and question after question after question after question about your your your, your support base? And I, I, I talked to the doctor about this. I, I said, I find this extremely interesting that I, I get about one-third of questions about my physical problem, which you're supposed to be helping solve, and two-thirds of the question about something that you can't do anything about. And and I I, I just I, I just sit there and I am you know and it's like what are all the ramifications of all these two thirds of these questions 
in relation to the whole picture. Why are they asking me this question? What does it have to do with Mayo Clinic? What does, does, what does this have to do with, with the degree of success of their treatment? Like, obviously they think this has, this is a big deal. Or else they wouldn't ask these questions. Why, two thirds of the questions. And then it says, you know, none, fair, good, very good, excellent. You know, and I'm supposed to fill in this little spot with a pencil. Like, do you have family support? Excellent. Do you have friend support? Excellent. Do you have someone you can go to? Yes. Excellent. Do you have this? Excellent. Excellent. And I look at that bank of questions, and that's incredible. What would it be like if it was poor, 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 poor? Everyone, excellent, 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 excellent. And I made a comment right when I was first diagnosed. I made a comment to my wife. If this must happen, we find ourselves in the best case scenario. Yeah. We find ourselves in the best case scenario. And so and, and I, I just I just pondered on that. You know, it's like I, I don't I don't know. And I wonder sometimes if um eh, you know, whether you got a health problem or not, you know, it's like you go through life and and like I said last Sunday, um Satan has no sense of respect. I mean, it's like something goes bad, so to speak. He just jumps on and makes it worse. And, and you, you've experienced that. I know you have because you're human. Anybody here superhuman, put your hand up. You know what? And I, and I wonder if uh, one of the biggest lies that Satan could tell you is nobody cares. Nobody cares. You're not loved. Nobody cares. I don't care. Nobody else cares. Like, then he just got about that step that far from, it's like, yeah, I'm still in the towel. You know what I mean? And, and so, and I, and I see people, you know, they come, they go through life, and, and it's 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 really sad. I mean, you know, they just they just treat relationships as disposable. If you don't like it, you'll pound salt. So they trash this relationship, and they trash that relationship. So what? You know, it's like get a life. I can get a home. I can get. By, by myself. 
and the ulti ultimate the ultimate thing that caps everything is that oh you know they can throw me out of the church but they can't throw me out of the church no that's 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 the big one when everything else fails you know it's like I don't care if you don't like it I can get to heaven without anybody else Really? Really? So that's God. Is that the way God made us? You know, and they they get their little cup of wine, they drink it themselves, they serve themselves, and they eat their little piece of bread by themselves, and nobody else gets it right. We had anointing with oil service uh, last Sunday night for Christy, and so I was just curious. It's like I'm gonna Google anointing with oil and see what see see what Google has to say about this. You know, it's not that I was looking for any good information. I was just interested, like how they deal with this. You know, well, you know, tells you how to mix it up, and you can put a little frankincense in there, and a little of this, and a little of that. You know, and then then you know you can anoint yourself every morning. It's like do your little thing. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, I have my little annoying service by myself and, you know, and I get this little smelly stuff out and put it on and I'm good to go. Effective love and brotherhood relationships, if you want to have an official title. <clears throat> First John 4 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but, he lo but that he loved us. And set his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to, to be the Savior of the world, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, hateth his brother, he's a liar. He that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? This commandment have we from him that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. They say that ministers should preach all kinds of sermons and I'm not 
typically an expository sermon, a preacher, but I'm going to break my habit this morning and preach, try to preach an expository sermon. If you don't know what expository means, that means taking a passage of scripture and just taking one verse after the after another. So, so I I, I rarely do that, as you obviously already know. Starting at verse seven, lovers of God. People say love's blind, is it? Infatuation's blind. Now you all know that. Is mm-hmm. love blind? If you are very interested in me, or I am very interested in you, I will pay attention to your life because I'm interested in that. And when I pay attention to your life, I will see things that I would not normally see if I didn't pay attention. All right? So actually, love sees more, not less. But because it's love, and it sees more, it's willing to see less. If I'm interested in your life... I'm willing to overlook some things. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. Um, it doesn't have to be all done my way. So I'm willing to overlook if you want to do it your way. That's that's okay. I mean, we're all different, and you know, it's uh, and so. What does the Bible say? Love covers a multitude of sins. I believe doesn't it say that? It covers. Yeah, it's willing to. Overlook, because I know you're human. I know that you know that I'm human, and so um, love is of God. And if we truly love, we are one, born of God, and number two, we know God. Now that, my friend, is a profound statement. Just sit down and cogitate over that one for a while. If you or I truly love, we are born of God and we know God, what does that automatically eliminate? That automatically eliminates all the false versions that basically our world is fueled by. Kind of like I asked the painter at work some one time, I said, if you take sex out of rock music, how much you have left? He said, be less than 10%. Is that love? No. It's lust. So if we truly love According to God's definition of love. Not according to the world's definition of love. You take, I take my Bible and I read God's definition of love. And if I am going to be able to do that, I must be born again. End of discussion. You can't do it any other way. I'm born of God and I know God. So if 
How, how can I love by God's definition if I don't even know who God is? If I don't know His character, if I don't know His personality, if I'm not acquainted with Him enough to know how He thinks, how He acts, how He behaves, what His perspectives are in life, what His perspectives are of people, what His perspectives are of, of what His whole world view is, how, how can I do that? I have to know Him. In the beginning of that process, I need to be born in Him. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. So, if I don't love, then I don't know. I don't know God intimately. I don't know Him personally. Because God is love. That's the description of him. That's who he is. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So you think about that one. Sit on your easy chair and, and, and devour that one. What are the ramifications if I hate somebody else? Do I really love God? Do I know God? If in my heart I have to admit that I basically hate them. Verse 9 And this was manifest the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Now, Love is not static. Love cannot... It's not neutral. It can't can't just sit there. Just by its very character, it must move. It must... By its very character, it's it's action-oriented. And so, if I know that you love me, or if you know that I love you, there must be something that has been done for that knowledge to be real. Something has to be done. So how did God manifest? How did God express His love? How did He convince us other than saying, put in the book, I love you. You're the apple of my eye. How did he, how, 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 are, how do we know this morning, without a shadow of a doubt, that God loves us? It's because he gave his only begotten son. That's how we know. That's great. That's a tremendous thought, isn't it? However, where you find love, you will always find self-denial. Where you find love, you will always 
finds self-denial. Love cannot function without self-denial. There must be a giving and there must be a receiving. And the person who gives must deny himself something in order for the other person to understand that they are willing to sacrifice something for my good. That person is doing something about it. And God looked down on this earth and he says, there is a major problem down there. I'm going to do something about it. And we say, that is awesome. That is tremendous. It is the, it's the most extravagant gift God ever gave. Will you think about the self-denial that went with that? Verse 10, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's the description. Is love always a two-way street? Is it? Not that we love God, but that he loved us. What did Jesus say about love? Should we go through life thinking that love consists of a two-way street? So if I give it out, but the other person doesn't return it, then it's not love. I think we would be setting ourselves up for a lot of disappointment. If you want to turn to, you can turn to Matthew 5.43. Jesus answers the question very precisely, very clearly in Matthew 5.43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the, on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So, is our love like God's? Even it appears like it's a one-way street. Jesus makes a pretty strong statement here. He says, you do good to all those people on this one-way problem so that you can be a child of your Heavenly Father. Wow. 
if I can't do that, what's the implication of that? If it always has to be a two-way street. Can I claim to be a child of God? Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. I don't know. Sometimes people say the Bible is complicated and hard to figure out. And it's like, this is not. <laughs> On the basis of God's example, um, we're, we're just duty-bound to, to love our, those around us. We ought to love one another. It's the only good option. It's the only right thing to do. Someone has said, love is the greatest constraining power in the world. Tell me what you love, I will tell you what you are. The man who loves needs no law to compel him to action. This works on both sides of the moral line. The man who loves right and righteousness will do right, law or no law. While the man who loves wrong will do wrong in spite of the law. Law doesn't stop either way. All it does is just change consequences. But if I love, like God, it takes no law to compel me to do it. I'll do it, Lord. I mean, if somebody puts a, makes a law there, that's fine, but I'm so far above it, then what's it make any difference? I'll do it, love, law or no law. If I don't want to do it, all the laws in the world won't help. That's it. Then we go to verse 12. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. So now we have the invisible. We haven't seen God. Nobody has at any time. So this this, this guy's invisible. You can't look out the window and he goes riding by on his bicycle. No. So how do we know that this God that's in us is real? So somewhere along the line, we have to go move from the invisible, from what we haven't seen, to reality, real. How do I know that God is real? How do I know that the love of God is real? If I love my brother. If I can't love my brother and my love is 
so weak. Um, maybe I'm pedal my own bicycle. You see, if we love one another, it's an assurance of the indwelling of God. Implying that at times it could be take supernatural power on your part to love me. But if you can, then you know that you've got the love of God in your heart. And not only is it assurance of the indwelling power of God, God's love in us is made perfect. Okay, so it is progressively becoming more and more. All right, we're not perfect. It is, it is the progression of that toward perfection. So if I can love my brother, that means God is in me, and that whole process, maybe of loving him, you loving me, whatever, is a purifying process. All right? I become more like God as I do that. And not only that, I know that I have the witness of the Holy Spirit in my life. Verse 13, Hereby know we dwell in Him, and He in us, because we, He has given us of His Spirit. So it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's a supernatural motivation, a supernatural power that enables me to receive the grace of God, the love of God, and let it flow through me into the lives of people around me. If I believe I can do it on my own, really, I might as well quit right now. Because it is not within man. It is by the witness and the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 13. Verse 14, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. When I realize what God did in sending Jesus and how that expressed his concern for my life and my lost condition, that impacts my life. And I will testify of that by my life. Right? Hereby we know that we dwell in him, uh, pardon me, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And so so it, it, our, my, my life is going to be a testimony of the saving power of Jesus Christ. Now it doesn't say that he's just going to talk and talk and talk. Sometimes you say, well, I have testimony, me and can't have testimony. You know, nobody wants to stand up and give testimony. and It's like pulling teeth and, you know, we do all this stuff. And, and maybe we should be more vocal. I'm not going to debate that. But I can tell you what. My life must be a testimony. It must be a testimony. In fact, it will be. If I 
have the love of God in my heart. Verse 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Confession of Christ takes care of the doubt that Satan throws into our relationship with God. Get thee behind me. I know I have the love of God in my heart. I know he has changed my life. I know the fact that he sent his son to save me. I know. Get that. Be, get behind me. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Okay, so if I have God in me, then I have boldness in the day of judgment. Verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. All right. So we have God. We have his character. We, by relationship with him, grow spiritually into his likeness, the more I grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ, the less I worry about judgment. Does that make sense? The further I get away from God, the more I lay awake at night wondering if I die tonight whether I'm going to go to heaven or go to hell. So if our love is made perfect and we understand the character of God and we believe the character of God and we behave and we become godly by that process, the further that goes, the more I look forward to the day that I can stand before God. And he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't dread the judgment. They addresses the issue of fear. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So, what should the love of God do to me as an individual when it comes to relating to other people? whether they reciprocate or whether they don't. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation and we call it a standoff. Alright? You're at a standoff with somebody. 
maybe a neighbor, maybe a friend, maybe a spouse, it may be, all right, something's wrong. Obviously, this love is not being uh, exercised the way it should. And so uh, it's like, okay, so who's going to make the first move? Ever been there? Race ship's going to be mended. Somebody is going to have to make the first move. The $64 question is, who is going to make the first move? Everybody knows this move needs to be made. Who's going to make the first move? <clears throat> Dan sent me this. My son-in-law, Dan, sent me this text yesterday. I mean, text picture or whatever. I don't know where he was at. But obviously he went camping enough with us. <clears throat> And this little poster said, sorry about what I said when we were trying to park the camper. And he said, I thought about you. It was expensive. <laughs> that text back, I said, why would you think about me? Obviously, he was around enough to know that <clears throat> sometime or the other there's some issues in parking campers. And I texted him back and I said, oh, those days are over. It's now, where should we park the camper, honey dear? text back a smiley face. But that's better. But you know what I'm talking about, alright? If something comes up, it's like, everybody knows, you know, there's words exchange, whatever. Okay, who's going to break the ice? Who's going who's to make the first move? Perfect love, love casts out fear. Okay? You don't have to experience the emotional withdrawal, withdrawal. You don't have to experience the hesitation to associate or disassociate. You don't have to dread relating to the person. Just make the move. See, love makes the first move. Most of the time, that first move will be received well. And a lot of the time, the other person will say, yeah, well, I should have said something too. You know, it's like... Make first move. I'm talking about talking to myself. But you know what? I cannot stand here tonight, this morning and guarantee you that the first move will always work. I've a few times in my life made the first move and I got violent reaction. But, you know what? You made the first move. <clears throat> 
I cannot control what the other person's reaction was. But I can control whether I make the first move. What would happen? God says, you know, we got an issue with these people down here. Uh, maybe they should make the first move. Was he guaranteed that the reaction was going to be good? Matter of fact, was the reaction good? A lot of cases not when Jesus came down here expressing his love. They called him names, they persecuted him, they ran him out of town, they wanted to push him over the bank, and oh, you know, it was just tough. But he loved them anyhow. So, verse 20. See, well, back to 19. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If we stay in the fear stage, and if we stay in this thing, it's like I'm not making the first move. Uh, no, our love is not going to be perfected. Verse 20. So after the teaching comes a test. Are you ready for the test? Am I ready for the test? We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, hateth his brother, he's a liar. He that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? This command have we from him, that he who loveth God, he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Can I pass the test? We all have this love to be perfected. But as I sat, as I pondered, obviously a lot of people in this church are passing the test fairly well because I feel your love. I do. And, and just, just general, you know, it's like. We talk about whether congregation, we use a little term like whether they're close or whether they're not, whether, you know, you know I don't know if we can always even explain in words what happens in a church, but somehow or the other, we always know. Something amazing about that. You don't, you can't describe love in, in, in all the definitions, you know, go to the dictionary and all this stuff, but you know. I know. And, yeah, there's a few questionnaires from Mayo Clinic just brought a lot of a lot of appreciation in my heart for a congregation 
our congregation. In fact, he starts out this book, John does, First John 1, 4. And he says, the reason I'm writing this to you, these things I write, things, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So, how much joy do you want? How much joy do we want? How much joy, uh, visitors, how much joy do you want in your congregation? Uh, that's a question we, we have to ask. How much? What, what, what's it worth to you? What, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to, uh, how are you willing to behave? How are you willing to express all this? How, see, see that in a, in a corporate setting, that all chalks up, everybody adds a little bit, and then it comes to some total of, well, is that a good church? Or is that a close church? Or is that a, May God give us love. May he give us joy.